Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Mass Effect podcast. I'm Dave and we are ready with another guest today. Just want to say thank you to everybody who is following along. Um, it was a, It's always awesome to get the feedback. Um, I love hearing people's feedback ar- around our guests and around our topics and stuff like that. It's always fantastic. And um, last week's episode with Jaron was amazing. Um, we've had more listens on that one in a week than we've had um, on, a, on, on quite a few episodes um, over the whole time period. So it's been amazing. So everyone's obviously right behind Jaron and supporting what he does in the community, especially with BJJ uh, and being a school teacher. So we appreciate it. So you can follow us um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, uh, our Instagram is at the Mass Effect Podcast, and today, all right. Well, I have a lovely young lady on the other end of the uh, of the microphone, and just like all our guests, we all get a bit nervous to start with, but we are just having a chat today. And I have with me Brittany Willett. Hello, Brittany. Hello, and welcome. So uh, here you are. Um, not supposed to really be here at the moment, are you? No, I'm not actually. Thanks, COVID. Yeah, you poor bugger. I, I, I remember you were back. Well, you've been back a couple of months now in Dubbo, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so Brit, Brit's been living over in the UK and she came home for a visit and um, was meant to be a visit, but uh, you've been grounded, hey? Literally. I have been, yes. First um, time since you were 17. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was meant to leave here uh, at the end of March and I'm still here. Yeah, wow. At the end of May. Yep. Now, I see Brit almost every second or third day walking past the shop. She's a... <laughs> She loves her training and her cardio. She's always out and about doing her thing. So um, that that's certainly never changed. No, no. Running, walking, anything. You love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Especially with these gyms shut. Yeah, it's been a, it's frustrating. Hopefully now, though, I see that like with the um, restrictions lifting a little bit around um, pubs and clubs and stuff like that, surely gyms are going to be next. Yeah. Like they have to be. Let's hope so. Next I'd love to say next two weeks, but yeah. I think it's going to be four. Yeah, I think so too. I think maybe we'll get an announcement in a couple of weeks saying, you know, in, in a few weeks you'll, we'll be able to move mm-hmm. forward and stuff like that. It's kind of frustrating. You see all these people at the shopping centres now and like literally there's hundreds of people and they're all in this one area, but yet we can't go to the gym. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. the sooner the better, the sooner yeah. the better. All right, let's get into it. So Britt, 27 Years of age. 27, yeah. So she's only a young fella. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about you. So um, born and bred in Dubbo. Born and bred in Dubbo, yes. Yep. Um, parents, one's British and one's was born in Dubbo. Yep. Um, grew up in Warren. Um, and my dad was born in Somerset, yep. um, England, and yep. moved to Australia when he was 15. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then I was born here in 1993. Has he still got an accent? Did, did he? When he's had a couple of. Oh, yeah. yeah. It comes out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> very very I strong. Say, I was going to say, because even at 15, like, um, even Roel, like, we all know Roel. Yeah. So he's got that Filipino tinge still. Yeah, even still. Though he, even yeah. though he came when he was, like, nine or ten. So yeah. I think it kind of hangs around, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so obviously, um, you know, that that's a pretty cool start. Um, and that's obviously probably the reason why you ended up in the UK. But we'll get to that down the track. Um, so, what, school. Let's talk about school. Where did yep. you go here? So, school, Dubbo Christian School. Yep. Kept me in line for, ooh, 16 years. Yep. Um, and then I finished year 10 and I went to Dubbo College, senior campus, um, out Gilgandraway. Yeah, 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 senior, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, to do my HSE because Dubbo Christian School didn't really offer the subjects that I was looking for. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. So you went, 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 yeah, but went that way. Yeah. Um, so 
um, I guess, you know, obviously schooling and stuff, you, were, you, were you athletic at school? Were you into sport and stuff? Um, I wouldn't say I was at my peak. Like I wasn't fully, yep. you know, I didn't do it because I enjoyed – I did it because I enjoyed sport. So I loved hockey, grew up playing hockey. Yep. Um, and I really loved it, loved hockey. Like could not go a weekend without playing it. Yeah. It was just what I wanted to do all yeah. the time. Yeah, yep. and obviously like what you, it's always something you look forward to on the weekend as a kid too. Like, you know, and I was the same with footy. Yeah, you yeah. Love, you love that weekend camaraderie and stuff, but also just to have, have that thing at the end of the week after school and stuff. It's yep. always so important. Yeah, and then had like my dad would always take me to every game, every training. So it was a really good – um, yeah. time to spend with with my dad as yeah, well and bonding yeah. and stuff no that's yeah. awesome so um did you play hockey all the way through high school as well or? played hockey all the way through high school so yep. primary school up until high school and i think i finished i think mm, maybe a year or two after finishing um, my hsc yep. Yeah. yep yeah 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 no that's cool um obviously that's kind of where you where you started to you know figure out that you wanted to train and all those sort of things and get fitter and healthier and all that sort yeah. of stuff um but you know we're, we're going to go in a different direction today and something that um you know when when we when i first started this podcast brit and i had a conversation out the front of the shop actually didn't we yeah we did yeah and yep. um you know you were talking about the podcast and 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 you suggested um it would be a good a good idea to have somebody on to talk about the topic that we're going to talk about today and that that is around eating disorders yep um yep. and you 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 know first and foremost what that's all about and i i can't thank you enough for opening up because um obviously these things are, are, are things that people don't often want to open up about because you know it can be scary to talk about your past yeah, yeah. and it can be scary to talk about what goes on in your head so um we we're going to delve a bit deeper so um you know you're at school you're, you're playing sport and stuff like that when when did when did this kind of be an issue for you? When was your body an issue, I guess? Yeah, I suppose um, it became an issue around 14, 15. And when you think about it, it's really young to be thinking about food and exercise and your body and looking at, you know, I was a thicker hockey player. You know, I wasn't as fit as um, the other. This is just using hockey as yeah, an example. Yeah. I wasn't as fit as the other players. I couldn't run as fast. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose being in that environment and wanting to get fitter, um, I started training more, like I was going for just general walks with my dad before yeah. I'd go and train. And then I suppose when I w- was surrounded by those type, types of people, I wanted to be better, I wanted to be fitter, and I thought the only way to do that was to eat healthier and train yeah. more. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I went – I'm pretty sure – I start. I started going to the RSL gym. I got myself a gym membership at the RSL at the age of fifteen, yeah. um, and I just started running, just yeah, running. Okay. And then, and then people that run know that that high that you get from running, it's like no other high like that you can experience. Well, I I think, um, and that just became a bit of an obsession for me. And then I started to get fitter, and I could run as fast as um, other people that were on my hockey team. And then. I, I suppose I started to become obsessed with being faster and being fitter and then I noticed that I started to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that for me was the, a huge thing because I always, like, growing up, I, I held more fat. I was a, I was a, a larger girl, yeah. whether that was my diet. I, I think I was big boned as well, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but yeah. I always was the thicker thicker one on the hockey team. But and obviously, you, you know, you, you were raised in a great family and, and clearly, like... 
you know, you weren't eating crap food. No, like, no, no. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like, you you know, but it's it just sometimes the cards were dealt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think once I – so I, I suppose um, my parents split up when I was about 11 and okay. I think that would have been a little bit of a um, catalyst in um, – you know, how my life ended up panning yeah. out when I was young. Yeah. Um, w- whether or not it was, it could have been just the fact that I do have a very, um, you know, controlling personality. Yeah. Um, so going deeper, um, when I started to notice that I lost weight and became an obsession, all I yeah. wanted to do was eat healthy and yeah. lose weight. You know, I lost six kilos and I was like, oh, I'm fit and I look good and yeah. people are complimenting me and that fueled my fire to yeah. keep going. To keep going, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's really hard because, like, at that, that age, you're like, oh, God, like, my mum was like, oh, she's being healthy. And, and my mum's friends would comment and they'd, they'd be like, oh, well, she's getting quite thin. And then people on my hockey team were like, oh, you're getting quite thin. And Yeah, because um, yeah, it goes from one extreme to the next, it sounds like. like. It sounds like you were, you know, obviously you had, you know, the issues and you thought, oh, well, if I can get better, at, you know, fitter and healthier, I'll be better at hockey. Yeah. Um, but then it started to be like, well, am I am I carrying too much weight? Like, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then obviously when you're losing weight, then people notice that as well. So it, it goes it goes in a cycle, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it was really hard, I suppose. My mum, she sent me to a, a psychologist too because she thought that um, it became such an obsession where I was losing too much weight um, and I was like, that's, that's yeah. you know, a, a parent and at the age of 15, like, and I was like, why are you sending me to a psychologist, mum? Like, yeah. I just want to lose weight and I just want to work out. Like, I'm not, she's like, oh, you're too skinny, you're too skinny. Yeah. But I think the thing that freaked me out most about going to a psychologist was I was scared they were going to unwind all my hard work yeah. of losing all this weight. And then I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to. Like, like they're going to say to you, hey, look, you know, go home and have chocolate cake. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Or they there? were going to fix my brain yeah. and like and you'd, and you'd lose that desire or that. Yeah, and that I'd put all my weight back on. Yeah. And that for me, that became that became a pretty big fear of mm. mine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I mean, obviously, you know, the mind is the mind is an amazing tool and it can be used in, in so many different ways and it doesn't, always, it doesn't always give us the right answers, does it? No, no. And it's funny you say that actually because my mum, when she used to explain – um my eating disorder she used to say like we used to distinguish it as another person almost yeah so it was like it's not you Britt it's 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 your it's your unhealthy brain like it's your nasty brain so we we used to even not distinguish it as myself but as something like um, a third person exactly like a third person yeah Yeah. god your mum your mum your mum must she must she did an amazing job that poor lady yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. that poor lady. Is that why you reckon she has a few drinks now? Or? Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Stressed her out enough. Um, yeah. yeah, no, she was very supportive through the whole thing. And That's I, amazing because, I mean, even hearing that story is like, you know, it's so so good that she did that because, I mean, obviously that would have helped you immensely like to think, well, it's not me. Yeah. No, this is not me. This is – and, and she, yeah, that's crazy. Like, she yeah. did an amazing job. Yeah, it didn't It didn't really fix me. Yeah. Like my mum would just like – it's the ugly, ugly brain, ugly brain. Yeah. And and that young and whilst I was right in the midst of it, that was like, it's not my ugly brain, mum, it's me. Like yeah. I want to lose weight. I want to be skinny. Like, yeah. But it, it, it ended up controlling my, my whole life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's, that's where it's heading, isn't it? Yeah. So, so obviously, like, um, you know, we talked a little bit and there was an incident at school which kind of 
it kind of made it worse, didn't it? Or, or it's, it's kind of where it all all kind of got going for you, yeah. wasn't it? Was, was one word, wasn't it? Yeah, I dare say that it was also um, a, a trigger. Um, yep. So I was walking down – the Christian school had a pretty big area and the yep. classrooms were kind of surrounded – you know, this grass area. And I remember walking down and I remember it to this day. I'm 27. Like this happened when I was 15. Like the fact that I still remember it. And it was a young male and and I don't think it would be even any different if it was a female. But I suppose when you're a young female and you kind of like that attention from men when you're 15, oh, from boys. When you're 15, you're like, oh, this boy likes me or this boy thinks, and you you hold on to what they think of you. And I remember walking down and, and this young boy yelled out, oi, nugget. And I was like, that was that really threw me back, and I was yeah. really embarrassed. And people laughed, and 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 that for me was like, and that was at that was at the early stages. So that yeah. was like when I was probably I had lost six kilos already. I still would have been considered sporty thick, yeah. like not necessarily small. Um, and I just remember like from that day being like, well, no, I'm not going to be called a nugget again. Yeah. Like I'm not. I'm not going to walk down here and someone think I'm a nugget. Yeah. So like that's when my my eating became stricter. Um, I would exercise daily. Like yeah. and and it's funny, you know, because you you start cutting out things. So you start going, okay, well for breakfast I'm not going to have Nutrigrain. I love Nutrigrain. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves Nutrigrain. Yeah. But as a kid who wants to change their diet and is already eating Nutrigrains thick, you're like, oh crap, I need to stop that. push that out. Yeah. So I would start eating all brand, and then I'd you know, I'd eat half a cup of all bran and then I'd eat a quarter cup of all bran. And then I stopped eating all bran with milk. Okay. Yeah. And then I was having a sandwich and I stopped having bread. Yeah. And I was just having salad. Yeah. Where, where was all your where was all your information coming from around food? Was it just you was it just you yourself or were you just listening to like what people would say about oh, you know, don't eat bread? Well, or, not necessarily. I think anything that I've never like anything that I've wanted to know more information about, I've always looked for it. So it, yeah. and I and I still do that today. Like yeah. I I love searching like anything I don't know, I love to pick up my phone and Google it. Or yeah. I know Google doesn't have the answers for anything, but a podcast, anything. Yeah. I read books just because I want to know more. Um, and I think that's where it ha- That's where it started. I was looking on the internet and then yeah. social media was obviously, you know, yeah. it was starting to form. That was when Bebo was around, you know? Yeah. Bebo's so it, it was, yeah, it was up was and coming. Um, yeah. I but I think I, I searched I, for the information. Does that mean know? I'm old if I don't even remember Bebo? Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Maybe. maybe. I had one of those brick phones <laughs> when I finished school, like one of those Nokia ones. Yeah, so did I. I used to always play the snake game. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean how, how crazy is it that where they've evolved to now? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, obviously, like, you know, that, that was a traumatic experience. And, and you know what? We're, we're, even though we're on here talking about this with you and stuff like that, like, if you're out there and, and you know, you, you've got something to say to somebody, maybe just rethink what you're going to say. Ma- because that, that's one word from one gentleman or one young man that completely spiralled you into, you know, something that yeah. is still haunting you today. Like, it's just insane. Like, I just think that, like, people don't realise the power of their words. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the power of, like, you know, uh, like, if you if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. No, not at all. And especially for, for a kid. I wasn't obese. Yeah. Like, I wasn't eating unhealthy amounts of food. I was just naturally a bigger kid who yeah. probably ate a packet of chips a day. Like, okay, yeah. big whoop. But and you like, weren't, and you, clearly you weren't lazy because you were, you, were, you were playing sport and you were, you know, yeah. you were doing all that sort of stuff. But it so just triggered this thing in my mind where I was like, oh, my God, I need to be eating healthier. Yeah. I need to exercise more. Like, yeah. I'm not, you know. 
and it yeah. just all just what yeah. spiraled from there. Yeah. So, so then you've gone. So you, you, you like your mum. Mum organised for you to go to psychologist and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and then you went, and then you you got diagnosed with something, didn't you? Yeah. So yeah. I got diagnosed um, with OCD. So for those who don't know, obsessive yep. compulsive disorder, and it's a personality disorder. Yeah. Um. So basically, it's characterised by um by like the need to control and perfectionism, and I still have OCD today, hands yeah. up, like, yeah. you know, I and I have anxiety today as well. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think, that was the, 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 that's why my eating disorder got so bad, I think, because I was in control of it. No one else was in control. I was completely in control yeah. of the amount of exercise I did, what I ate, and that was really satisfying. It was a really satisfying feeling. Yeah, because it was obviously like you were ticking the boxes that you needed to. You yeah, know? it was. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is, even though it's self sabotage. Yeah, it was still like it was quite obviously. It still was like, oh, for you, it was like, oh, I'm achieving something. Yeah, right? yeah, I could control everything I did to yeah. to make myself in my mind better. Yeah, you know, thinner. Yeah, healthier. Yeah. You know, fitter, what, right. whatever it be. It's, so it's funny you say better because you know we, we'll go into it more. But you know now that that's not the case. No, no, thinner no. maybe. Yeah, or, you know, or less weight on the scales, but didn't make you better. Did no, it? not at all. No, yeah. not in any way. Yeah. So, and um, you and initially you do think it will make you better. You do think it will make you happier. Yeah. You do think you'll live a better life. Yeah. But. Yeah. Little do you know at when you're going through it that th- that's not the case. It's just human nature too. I mean, like a lot of people just think if they get that job or they drive that car or they build that house that their life is going to change. But unfortunately, it doesn't because you are the answer to all your happiness. You yeah. know, like 100% yeah. everybody has their own their own inner demons and stuff like that. Of but course. Nothing is going to give – external stuff is not going to give you that. No, yeah. no. Yeah. So and you know, looking for praise and things like that's exactly the same. So, so OCD for you would have been tough because obviously, um, you know, you still probably carry that now. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But could be can be a good thing too. So, um, like it, obviously, it means that you're committed, and obviously, when you do things, you do things a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So you would find that would have been you know one of your strengths, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the I think if we move it forward a little bit, um, like the work that I. Like I've worked at the pastoral for quite a long time and and yeah. I was – it just – I feel like my OCDs made me a better uh, worker, a better yeah. – like it, it pushed me through uni. Yeah. Um, even, even you know, running t- to today. Like I love running. Yeah. But it it pushes me. It, it It's – it's a personality trait that that I that I love to have because yeah. it benefits me in in more ways than just the one way that it like it, that it used to determine yeah, my yeah. life. Yeah, it still it helps you with the endorphins, release yeah. stress, all that sort of stuff, which yeah. is what exercise is designed to do. Yeah, you've just got to learn to control it and know when, like, when too much is too much. Too like, much. I know when my OCD is taking over and I need to take a step back and be like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because we've always like, you know, always, always seen you in the gym and stuff, and um, I've always been like, oh, but you should do some weights. And you used to be like, no, nah, yeah. look, I'm just going to do cardio today. Yeah, like, you know, I don't want to get bulky and yeah, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And that's how I used to think. Yeah, like I, I think there was a time that I came in here, Dave. I think I was 16, and yeah. I remember asking you, oh, is there a fat burner you recommend? And I remember you looking at me like. Are you crazy? Yeah, you don't need it. You want a fat burner? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, people still do that today. And, and, I'm like, and that's when I was like 15 kilos lighter than what I am now. Yeah, wow. Like, So let me ask you, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask a deep question here, but was 
was it looking in the mirror that like used to mess with you? Was it was it how you felt about yourself, or was it, it you know, was, or was yeah. your body you, like you know you you looked at yourself and said no, I just I'm, this is not what this does. I'm not happy with this. Yeah, it's in- interesting that you actually asked that, and it was never how I felt yeah. because how I felt, no matter what weight, how no matter how light I got or how thin I looked in the mirror, it never made me happy. So it like, you know, I was, I'm five, I was five foot eight, for example, five foot eight. And my lightest was 57 kilos for someone that's five foot eight. Like that's very underweight. Well, you could almost be a jockey. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's the lightest I got, but like, you know, I can remember being 68 kilos and then I can remember being 64 kilos. I was like, oh, this feels really good. When I'm 60 kilos, I'm going to be so happy. Yeah. Got to 60 kilos. I was never happy. Yeah. And then, you know, 59. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm under 60. That's a safe spot. I can stay under 60. And I think I was under 60. I think I was 59 kilos for like a year. Yeah, right. And that was like... Yeah. It just, but it was never enough. Like I never looked at myself in the mirror and was like, "Oh, I look good. Yeah. I look thin enough. Yeah. I look fit enough." I never, never, never. Ever. and and never did I feel happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the same. Um, you know, I think a lot of people out there can relate to this because I think you know you're you're openly talking about it. But even even myself as a bodybuilder, like we're never happy. Like mm. it's like. Um, when when is enough, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously when you're competing and stuff like that, you want to look good and things like that and you want to better your last last experience and your last outing. But it's kind of like even Mr. Olympia is, he, you know, who who who's, you know, the best in the world would look in the mirror and go, oh, i got small arms. Yeah. You just don't see what other people see. No, that's right. And I never did. And, yeah. and I remember people saying, oh, Britt, you're too skinny. I'm like, are you serious? Like, have a look at me. Yeah. I'm not too skinny. Like, yeah. and, and it's funny, people um, associate eating disorders with uh, weight, like, or, or how skinny someone looks or how large someone looks because yeah. it can work on the opposite. Opposite, opposite. scale. Yeah. yeah. Um, but some people are living with an eating disorder and it doesn't show on their body physically, but yeah. they're having these traumas in their mind every day. Oh, I'm too fat. Oh, I'm eating too much. Like, and it's traumatic. It takes over your life. Like yeah. I remember even, you know, when we, we will talk about this, but when I moved through and started university, like yeah. it was taking over my mind when I was studying, I couldn't study. I couldn't yeah. work without thinking about it. Like yeah, wow. couldn't go out for dinner without thinking about it. Was it was consuming you. Yeah. So consumed my whole life. Yeah. So, so after, yeah. So let's get into that. And so after school you decided um, you'd go to uni yep. um, and you, you, you moved to Newey was it? Yep. Moved yep. to Newey for so, uni. So yep. um, headed over there and you started off doing PDHPE. So you're going to be a teacher. Yeah. Yep. Started um, that. And then you changed into some, into a different direction. Yep. Which is funny because. Which I did numerous times. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, you ended up in a direction which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, let's talk about your uni days and, and um, you know, where you ended up going there. Yep, cool. So, um, I ended up um, changing direction, as you mentioned, a couple of times, which isn't a bad thing. You know, you I think we put so much um, stress on, oh, am I studying the right thing? Yeah. Am I am I doing the right thing? You know, what happens in 10 years' time if I'm not a teacher no. or if I'm not – but it's so irrelevant. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, who at that age knows what they want to do? That's like, exactly right. Hey, what do you want to be when you leave school? I don't know. I don't even know who I am. Yeah, that's right. What, what I want to do. Like, why are you asking me so many questions? Yeah. Like, our, our, our system is so backwards because it's like you get to the end of your schooling in your life and you're like, oh, I've got to make a decision on what I've got to do now. Like, what am I going to do? Like, yep. I've, I've got to I've – well, you don't because no. you live your whole life. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the pressure from everybody else and stuff like that can make it quite difficult. And you see other people moving on and going and doing degrees and stuff like that. And it's funny, we talked about that because your degree um, you don't even use anymore, really. No, no, all. no. So, like, it's helped you, but it's obviously not something you use. So, so yep. what direction did you go in? So, I ended up studying um, and graduating in a Bachelor of um, Food Science and yep. Human Nutrition, yep. um, which I loved and I think it's really – it really um, helped me understand food and the chemicals in food, macros and all that type of thing. But I associated it with disease as well. So I was able yeah. to drill into to that um, side of nutrition. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why I did change is because I could not concentrate on my studies. And I thought, well, if I'm learning about something that I'm absolutely obsessed about, and I mean absolutely obsessed about like nutrition and yeah. food like that's yeah. all I thought about yeah. that's how I lived so um that was really good and I was able to you know sustain that momentum in in um learning and putting in time into that so that's what I ended up graduating in um yeah yeah wow yeah there you go so then obviously from there um you know you you were thinking you'd pursue a career down that path yeah um at this time you kind of would have thought oh she's, you've done a uni degree yeah Oh, you, you'd understand now. Like, you, you know, surely you understand. Like, yeah. food's, food's okay. Yeah. You know? But no, yeah. it's no. not the case, no. is it? No. no. Yeah. So um, I think, like, while I was studying, um, my dad got pretty critically sick as well. Yeah. Um, so dad was diagnosed with cancer. And then obviously I was going through this eating disorder, which was, you know, ma- mainly it, it came from my anxiety and my OCD. And then obviously dad getting sick, that, that heightened my anxiety. I moved home. There was, you know, lots of travel to and from the RPA. Um, I was just not a happy person. Yeah. So I ended up doing my studies via correspondence um, back in Dubbo, which is great. I still finished it. That's the main thing. Um, and, you know, dad went into remission and he's still in remission now, which is good. But yeah. um, I think through that and seeing, you know, Watching your dad cry, yeah, like that's a whole that's a whole nother level of yeah, you know, and seeing him in so much pain and not knowing whether he was going to keep his life, like that's a huge thing to go through, and especially as a woman in their only early twenties who's, you know, already struggling with you know her self confidence and yeah. you know a eating disorder that was consuming my life, like I had to kind of let go of that. Yeah. I had to kind of be like well, you need to stop being selfish and thinking about how you look in the mirror and be here for your dad. So I think that for me was a big turning point. And I think um, that it really, it really hits hard to what is important in life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. I can see, I can see, you know, that, that this still emotionally affects you a lot. Um, and, you know, like it's 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 a hard thing to see anyone go go through something, let alone, you know, somebody you love so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like it's it's so good that like, you know, you, you were like, well, I need to be there for him now. So, you know, yeah. you sort of pushed, it, pushed that to the side and 
hey, it could have been a turning point as well, you know. Yeah, massively. And I remember actually when, you know, it was a night that I was home and I was obviously distressed about dad. Dad was in hospital. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and then I just remember like laying on the ground in tears, like so sad. And I lived like I was sad all the time. I probably projected that I was a happy person and because – who wants to come across as sad? No one wants to come across as sad. No. But I was so upset every day, hated how I looked, like thought that, you know, my life was, you know, just – it was just – but that turning point when I was on the floor and so sad about my whole situation, my dad and everything, I was like either I lay on the floor in my tears and super sad for the rest of my life, otherwise I get up and – live my life happily yeah, and, and make a change. And that, that was, that was a big thing. That was a big thing for me Yeah, that was to get up and just, you know, wake up the next day and be, and that's, that's literally what it took. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't like I woke up the next day and was like, Oh, my life's perfect. My no, life no. still is not perfect. No one's life's no, perfect. Never. So yeah. unrealistic, Absolutely. but I got up the next day and that's when I started my journey on working on me, sitting in my own time, being mindful and then, like, being there for my family as well yeah, and, and my friends and just looking at life. Differently. Yeah. Through a different lens. I exactly. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess you'd been wearing a certain coloured glasses for a long time. Oh, yeah. It was like, hey, you know, I don't know, it's almost like you took them off and you could see the sun. You know? yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. I mean, turning points are, happen differently for everybody. Mm. And I think that, like, they can be emotional or they can be, uh, you know, life-threatening or they can be anything. But turning points are, are the things that steer us in the right direction. The real question to everybody is, though, you know, when you get to a turning point is what you do next. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, what did you do? How did you progress it from, from the turning point into, you know, improving your mental health and everything like that? Yeah, so obviously it wasn't easy. Like, Dad um, eventually went into remission, which was a great, push um but then from then it was just mindful practice like you know I've listened ever since then I've listened to podcasts that that are like beneficial to to my circumstance so um they might be on you know mental health anxiety eating disorders understanding eating disorders as well and what other people were going through because I was still not 100% 100% yeah. at this stage. And, prob- so, and probably just not knowing that you're alone. Yeah. You know, like, am, am I weird because I'm like yeah. this? Yeah. Um, am I different? No. Well, yeah. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of people that are going through the same exactly. thing. Exactly. And, I, and I'm and i not in any worse position. Like, there's so, I, I was one of the lucky ones. I was never hospitalised. Yeah. I was never fed by a tube. Yeah. Like, uh, my turning point came earlier than so many others. Yeah. So, I consider myself so lucky. There was yeah. a point where my mum didn't think that you know, didn't think that I would get through to, yeah. you know. So I think just putting my time into mindful practice as well, like meditation. Yeah. Some people think meditation is sitting there with your legs crossed and your arms in the air and your eyes closed. Like it's different for everyone. Yeah. And I say this to all my friends too when like I'm very um, deep yeah. So I speak to my friends very deeply and they, they just yeah <laughs> they just take it now. They know what yeah, I'm like. They're like, oh, Brit's going on a rant again. Yeah. It's fine. But it's good cool, um, though. We need those people in our lives because it yeah. balances out. You know? Yeah, and I believe being able to sit in your own time and not get too wound up in your own thoughts but but feeling your feelings yeah. is such an like important practice to be able to do yeah to sit there in your own thoughts and not be overwhelmed by how you're feeling yeah 
and understand why you know understand that they, those thoughts are going to be there of course but, but feeling them, them. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually understanding you know why they're there because i mean yeah i guess like you said meditation people think oh you just sit on the floor and you stare into space but it's really about being present isn't it yeah it's about being in that moment because like ultimately our heads are in the past worrying about what's happened or what we've done yeah, or in the future worrying about what's going to happen. We never truly sit in the present. And I think when you can bring yourself back, it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like a breath of fresh air to get yourself there. Cause I mean, when you're in a position like that, you're, you're not in harm, no. not in any harm, but yeah. we think we are like, yeah. it's like, Oh, I'm scared about tomorrow and da da da. Yeah. But right there, that second, nothing is happening to you. So yeah. there's no need to be fearful. There's and no I think, need to be in, out of control, you know? Yeah, and 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 um, to reiterate your point, that's how I used to always feel fear is yeah. when I used to think about the future. The future, So, yeah. you know, where I would be in a month or yeah. where I would be in a year. And, like, now that doesn't phase me. No. That doesn't phase me because of what I've been through. And, and, and I'm not saying my situation is worse than anyone else yep. because it's, it's not. And there's been people that have been through more than what I have. But I don't think we can scale, you know, you know hard times either. No, I think everyone experiences things Absolutely. differently. Yeah. Um, At different stages of their life too, you know. Yeah, but Whereas- I think being mindful and meditating is, is such a help and it's something that's helped me. Yep. incredibly like and I get I think I've mentioned this to you before but yep. that's why I run so much as well is because I find it a form of meditation like I listen to like calm music when I run and yep. I really find that time with just me yep. and being able to run is, is really helpful yeah absolutely yeah I mean even when you say you listen to podcasts I mean I do that regularly as well even in the shop when I'm working I'll have my headphones in and listen to a podcast in between customers and stuff um, because like it, that's being mindful as well. Because you're actually in that minute listening to that person, yeah, and absorbing yeah. that information. You're not thinking like about no. tomorrow or what's no. going on. So, it's you know, so many people do it in so many different ways. But like I guess you know, the idea is if if you if you do hit rock bottom or you're at a point where you you need to make a change, then there's so many different options out there for you. Yeah, yeah. And you might think that you're also stuck. You know, you might you might not think that you're ever going to come out of that deep dark space, but you know, when 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 you are ready, like that time will come. It'll come. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's almost like I don't know. It's almost like you you. It happens for a reason. Like yeah, it's that time, and you you realize later on that's why that happened. Yeah, and no one can no one can make you ready for that. You only you will be able to know the time. Yeah. When yeah. when it's ready. Yeah. 100%. When it's time. And yeah. I mean, ultimately, we've got to save ourselves, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, so that's right. That's it. I mean, like, um, so yeah, obviously, like, you know, that that's a big turning point for you, and then it, it steered you in a different direction, um, mm-hmm. and you know, like, you even started weight training. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I know you took up CrossFit for a bit as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And you still enjoy that style of training, don't you? Like, yeah, the high impact stuff on the, and the high, um, the high interval training and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I, I, I can't. I tried a bit of everything. So, um, jazz and and double. Jiu Jitsu, so I tried that as well, and and that was that was a that was a really good challenge for me as well yep. to step into a room of, of guys, yeah, and and wrestle with guys that were you know <laughs> some of them twice my size yeah. or um, but even women women that were like five foot and like rolling me and <laughs> choking me out or yeah. yeah it was it was a really good challenge yeah, I it's not something that that I chose to s- stick with yeah. but. I'd highly recommend it for yeah. anyone that, that wants to step out of their comfort zone. I think I've spoken to you about this before, yep. but 
regularly I'll put myself out of my comfort zone because I think it's so important to become comfortable with yeah. being uncomfortable yeah. because it really you grow you grow from those experiences yeah. and that's the same with CrossFit I was so scared to start CrossFit so yeah. scared and I remember when I started it I was like this is so good for once I'm not looking at myself in the mirror judging myself I'm not training because I want to be thinner I'm not training because I want to be scared skinny like i'm training because i love it and i train because it's you want to see yourself get better and you want to see what your body can do not because not how your body looks performance based exactly you're more more like i want to perform better yeah Yeah. so that that was another like uncomfortable situation that i suppose i put myself in um and i love i love it it's it's unreal it's crossfit is yeah, it's a ter- it's an, another thing for you that you've got. You know, it's it came at the right time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And steered yeah. you in the right direction because I know, like you know, I'd see, we we'd see you always in the gym and stuff, and you just didn't like the idea. You, you know, you train, but you, yeah. you weren't you you know you didn't like to sit there and just do sets of squats. No, or, you know, <laughs> always like high that. intensity. Mm. It always had to be set with something yeah. like yeah. Yeah, you like to get moving and get the heart rate up. Yeah, and stuff like that, which yeah. is you know each their own because anything that you do is important. Like nobody should judge anybody for the for their chosen. You know. You like to run. I don't. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can appreciate why you like to run. Yeah, that, that's exactly I right. Mean, I wouldn't run just because I've got old knees and stuff, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty much they're pretty much parched their use by date. But, yeah, so, you know, like it's each to their own, whatever makes you happy yeah. or whatever gets you through the end of your day. Yeah. And um, I think one thing on the back of that is not holding – value in what anyone else thinks that you're doing like whatever anyone else's opinion is about what you're doing with your life whether that be training where you work how you look Mm -hmm. like I think that's one of the biggest things that I've you know I've grown out of I stopped putting value in what other people thought about me and I really started to work on how I felt about myself and realistically we th- we think people are thinking about us, but they're not. No, you know what? They don't care. No, nobody cares. Like no. it's like, oh, you know, what do they think about this? They don't even care what you're doing. Like, nah. literally, um, it's you know, each everybody's got their own shit to deal with. Everyone's got their own stuff, and and everyone's got their own their own work and their own family and stuff like yeah. that. Like they're not worried about. You know, oh, whether you put four five kilos on, or yeah. whether you're whether you can see your abs, or yeah. do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just not. It's just not there. It just doesn't matter. Um, and I think once we realise that, you know, I was the same. Like, you know, with bodybuilding, I did it because I thought the same thing. I thought if I look good, you know, yeah. everything in my life will, will line up. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's now I just do it because I love doing it. Yeah. Like, and wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want to live your life happy? Like yeah. holding value in other people's opinions doesn't make you happy. No, it, it doesn't. It makes you it unhappy. Doesn't. You know, and, and, you know, having a um, having young kids myself, like, you know, 12 and 9-year-old now, it's one thing that I love, love to, you know, I'm talking to them about. Um, and um, also Addie, who's four, and, like, she's, she's younger, but, you know, obviously as she progresses through, um, you know, the communication around this stuff will be, be more open as well. Um, but the older two is like, you know, it's so important to drum into them that like, you know, don't worry about what the other kids say, don't worry, yeah. don't worry about what they think, stuff yeah. like that. And As you a, might think they're too young, yeah. but I'm telling you now, no. No, any exactly. comment from, 
from a young age will, will exactly. stick with you for yeah, 100%. the rest of your life. I think like, um, you know, it's even, even I see that in my daughter sometimes, you know, she she sometimes has that look on her face like she's had a bad day and I know something's up, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I, don't, I don't know why, but for some reason, I seem to think that younger girls seem to be harsher than young, younger boys. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't think we can eliminate men from, or sorry, boys from, from these feelings, but yeah. I do think it, it, it's worse for a young girl because you know, they're going through a lot and, and I think they value a boy's opinion, whereas yeah. a guy's like, oh, a girl's telling me I look ugly, you Whatever. know. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. yeah. It's different. It's, yeah. Very, it's very different. I think, um, you know, in the day, days of social media and stuff as well, like it makes it even worse Yeah, because we're all comparing ourselves to something. Oh, of course. Like, you know, that um, – And it's only natural, yeah, right? it is. Comparisons are like – we do it anyway. Like yeah. Whether it's uh, with your mate who's got a better job than you or someone's driving a nicer car, like you're still like, oh, okay, I wish I was doing that. But really it makes no difference, does it? No, not at all. Yeah, 100%. So, um, so all right, so let's move, let's move on a bit. So, you, um, you know, you've been, through, you've been through all that and then you decided to pack your bags, didn't you? I did. Yeah. So, I finished uni um, and I was at a point where I was like, I either stay in Dubbo and buy a house, yep. which would mean I'm kind of stuck here for a while. Yep, Not yep. that there's anything wrong with no, that. No, 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 of course. Um, I had a great job. I worked with great people. Yep. Um, and I love Dubbo. Like, my family's yep. here. So, um, at the time, you were managing the yep, pastoral? Yep, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, I managed the pastoral. And I was there for years. And, and, and I always loved the work. You know, I was... I've always been a people's person and, and yeah. it just was suitable to, for me. Flexible during yep. uni hours. And then when I, when I finished uni... Um, just the more work, the that happier I was. I've just always been a worker. Like being busy. Yeah. Just like being busy. Yeah. 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 Um, so that point came and I was like, I either stay and buy a house or I leave and travel. Yeah. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to settle down and never have the opportunity again. Yeah. Um, so dad being British, I applied for my British passport and got the passport and I was like, righty, I'll give myself a year, save save more money and then I'll... Oh, Jet head set. overseas. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. job. No yeah. house. Yeah. So here you are in one of these uncomfortable situations oh, again. Massively. <laughs> massively. So I flew into the UK on, I think it was the 7th of June. I yeah. don't know if that date's yeah. around exact, then. but around, around that date. Yeah. Um, so almost, was that last, that was last year? Was no, it? 2018. Oh, yeah, 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, so just time goes quick. I know, I wow. know. So I moved over there and um, I had no house, no job, the money I had saved um, and I just winged it. So I was in a sublet in a pretty dodgy area in, in, in London yeah. um, and I, I had a paramedic friend over there actually and he was like, oh, yeah, I've done – there's been seven stabbings on the street that you're staying in in your sublet. And I was like, oh, great. Thanks for the update. Yeah, yeah. so I went – I remember <laughs> going north and I was like, I'm going – I'm not staying here. I'm going north. I'm going to oh, go to no. – I think I went to Scotland for two weeks. Yeah. Um, anyway, came back down and, and Alex, my best mate, and I um, ended up just getting this really good gig, a house in Battersea, which is gorgeous, a really, yeah. really nice suburb in London. Um, and we got rent there. Pretty expensive, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we lived there for three weeks. I didn't really have a job. And then we went through this – I went through this recruiting agent um, and this job came up and it was a pretty – like it was, it was, you know, on the phones, a pretty low-paying – um, position, minimum wage. And I just took it. I was like, I need a job. I need to get in there. So I just took the job. Um, and I was in the, the role for 
Oh, four months that, yeah. that that role in particular and then another role so this company was Quacarelli Simmons who I currently work for now yeah. and um when you wrote that down for me I was like oh can you pronounce it I don't know Quacarelli's Quacarelli Simmons yeah so um that job um came up and you know it was it was it was hard because I wasn't I was wasn't earning much money I couldn't do a lot um but you know you learn to live inside your means you know um, so another job came up and that was for office manager for, for the same company. And that was four months later that I went for that and I was successful in getting that position. And that yep. was awesome. Um, you know, um, another manager, jo- uh, another management role. So, um, I was managing the office and that was great. And then I remember the, um, the, di- like the head of the division, he came to me and he was like, oh, I've got this project for you. Like, would you be willing to take it on? I was like, yeah, like give me anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll do anything, you know, you've got to put, you've <laughs> got to put your hands up. You've got to put yourself out there. Um, and it was a project to um, enforce like carbon neutral across yeah. the company. So yeah. basically um, the company is well known for university rankings. Yeah. Um, so they rank universities and they wanted to create um, a ranking around sustainability um, you can't create a ranking around sustainability no. if your company isn't, you isn't know, carbon neutral carbon or neutral, being yeah. being sustainable. Yeah. Um, so basically, I had to, you know, I led a task force in gathering that information yeah. and 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 then working with with the assessors um, to make the co- company go carbon neutral, and it was successful. And now we're a carbon neutral company, which is great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I, I suppose through that, I've become more of an advocate for that type of thing as yeah. well. I'm very like um, the conferences that I work on, you know, w- w- which we'll get into that yeah, is, yeah. and how I got to that position. That position. Um, but there's always some something that's got to do with universities and su- yeah. sustainability, especially this day and age. Like yeah. kids aren't just – well, teenagers aren't just looking to go to a university that is ranked well. Like they – like kids these days, they look into car- you know carbon yeah. sustainability. They want they want to be um, yeah. you know people go vegan yeah. you know for yeah. sta- for Absolutely. sustainable reasons, That's especially right. at a young age. Um, yeah. and and it plays importance in into what university they choose. Anyway, so that happened, and I could kind of prove my skills in, yeah. in managing a project, managing a team. Um, and then this job came up. Um, so that that was about you know a year and a couple of months in. And, and to be honest, my first nine months in the UK, the travel was amazing, but yeah. it was really hard. Like, yeah. I think I called my mum a fair bit. I was like, "This, I can't do it. Like, I, yeah. ca- I can't do it. I need to come home. Mum was like, just just hold it out. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And and I, I, like, I haven't had an eating disorder. Like, yeah. those thoughts always come in. Come back. Come yeah. back. Yeah. But I think you need to learn to control them. Like, yeah. they're never going to, they're never going to not be in my life. Yeah. Um, but at this point... I, my anxiety was quite high and I was like, yeah. oh, God, what am I going to do? I, I need to come home. I need to, like, I can't save as much as I can save at home. And and for me, I was like, oh, save, house, save, yeah. save, save, yeah. you know, because you get to that age. And then mum's like, just stick it out. Like, you're going to be fine, stick it out. And then this role came up and, you know, it, I remember, so executive producer was the role and yeah. it was of um, Europe and the Americas. So it was like that, that was the region. Yeah. Um, and I looked into it and it was like a five years experience, um, a degree in events and conferences. Had, had to hop on two legs. Just, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like yeah. just things that I could not match. Yeah. Like I just couldn't match. Yeah. Anyway, 
my colleagues were like, you can actually do this role. Like you can do it. Like I was like, oh, I don't know if I can. I don't. And they're like, no, like you need to apply for it. And I was yeah. like, oh, what am, what have I got to lose? Yeah, throw, like, your, throw your hat in the ring. Yep, yeah, yeah. I, I get put myself in another uncomfortable position, and yeah. I learn from it, yeah. and I and I get a bit more confidence to put myself in that position again later down the track. Um, you know, I don't get the job. I do get the job. Yeah, nothing, e- either nothing, way. You know, I, nothing changes if nothing changes. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have anything to lose. So I went for the job and I was successful and moved, moved into the next interview, which was actually with um, the divi- the head of the division that yeah. I work for. So there's multiple divisions within the company. Um, and I remember walking out of that interview and I was like, I felt like that went really well. And I didn't know whether it was because I got on really well with the head of the division or yeah. whether it actually went really went well because well, yeah. I did well. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, two days passed. So that was a Friday. It was a Sunday. And I remember emailing him and it was a Sunday night, not expecting to get a reply. I was like, or to get a, you know, a yeah. positive, reply. positive reply. And so I remember sending an email and it was, and it was an email that I was like, I'll write the email like not expecting to get a response yeah. that I want. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, dear so-and-so, um, thank you so much for your time on Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if you've got any feedback um, from the interview, blah, blah, blah. And then I got an email back saying how well I did, um, how, yeah, and, and that yeah. I had got the position. And I remember ringing my mom, and I was like, oh, my God, like, you won't believe what just happened. I just got a position that I'm really not even qualified for. Yeah, yeah. But because of the way that I had held myself in, you know, that that yeah. sustainable project and then, you know, proving, I think, that I'm capable of yeah. doing the position, yeah. They were like, we want you. We want yeah. You this. That's amazing. I mean, that's that that's that also gives them, you know, what a, what an awesome company that they can see potential in people. Because like, like we've said, you know, just because you haven't got that piece of paper doesn't mean you can't do no something. No way. Yeah. Like, you know, and we're, we're, all, we're all capable of many, many different things. I mean, who knows? Like, who knows if, you know, um, what doors are going to open and what opportunities are you going to be able to take? So, yeah. so what does that role entail? So what are you, what are you doing now? Like, how does that work? Yep, so lots of travels involved, which is really cool because I love traveling. Um, So basically, I think the easiest way to explain it is I project manage events and conferences in higher education, so in Europe and the Americas. So that could be a conference on data. It could be a conference on a subject like modern languages and linguistics or so anything really – it could even be a conference on sustainability. So it's it's really anything to do with higher education and then – and deans and chancellors and and people like that come come to the conferences, data analysts. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And so when you say travel, you've had a bit of travel with the job already, haven't you? Yeah, I've been super lucky. Um, So I've done a little bit of travel. So I've been to Singapore multiple times, um, Japan, America, so New York in America, um, Lithuania. Wow. Yeah, so some really cool travel. Probably some places you wouldn't have – probably wouldn't have went Yeah, like Lithuania? Yeah. What? Like, like that's so like I was like that's so yeah Yeah. it was yeah that was a really cool experience actually that would have been um but yeah and obviously there was lots lots of travel booked in for this year and that's why basically why I came home at the start of the year because I was like I'm not going to get home for the rest of the year I'll quickly scoot home for two weeks I'll see the fam and then I'll get on with my year yeah on you go little do we know (laughs) things can change and and we all know change change happens change is inevitable exactly nothing nothing ever goes you have to adapt you have to be versatile yeah. So I think 
I'm lucky that that's yeah. something that I've developed over the last, you know, 10 years because... You just deal with it. Yeah. yeah. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. So you're... Um, so obviously you're still, you're still working though. While you've been in Dubbo, you've still been working. Have yeah. you been working remotely, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working remotely and luckily enough I can do that. Um, all of our conferences are basically um, being put online. So yeah. they're all virtual conferences oh, cool. and you can register online and, yeah. and, and everything. Obviously, you're not getting the exact same experiences. Yeah, you probably lack a couple of those partnerships that you probably make at, yeah, at, at a conference, conference yeah. physically. Um, but the content's still there and we can still offer, you know, something that was yeah. going to be, you know, close to the experience that you would have. Um, it's still good enough for now, you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So still lucky enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. So you, do you have any idea when you can return back? You, no idea. I, I guess <laughs> I guess we wouldn't because they're only talking about um, you know pos- the possibility of being able to fly state to state now. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess overseas travel could be a long time away, huh? Yeah, it could be a long time away, and UK is a little bit scary at the moment. So I don't know how uh, my mum would feel about oh, sending me back at this stage, yeah. but I'm still paying rent. Which which is lovely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it. that's just how it works, isn't it, unfortunately? Yeah. yeah. Uh, at, least you're, you're, at least you're living with your mum, though, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does she, she doesn't charge you around here, no. does she? No, no. She's a good egg. Just take a bottle of wine home. She's sweet. Oh, every <laughs> night. She yeah. loves that. Actually, that's probably going to add up more expensive than rent anyway, let's face I it. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, yeah, obviously, like, wow, like, you've, you've, gone, you've gone through a roller coaster, and the cool thing is, like, um, Regardless of you know the the demons and the battles you faced, you you know you're coming out on top and and moving forward, and I think that's a real credit to you and um to your tenacity. And I think like you know a lot of people out there can probably you know they can take homage from this story because if you're if you're a young female or a young male out there who's who's got body image issues and and you're struggling and just know that like you know there there are people out there that can help you and and, and can steer you in the right direction so yeah yeah. yeah 100% and that's a natural it's natural to feel that way it's yeah. not it's not you're not different or weird because there's you know, another ugly brain. My mum, like I said, used to call it an ugly brain. Yeah, like we analogy, used to refer yeah. it as as a third person because yeah. it's not you. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it's it's something else that's irrelevant. And and everyone feels these feelings. Yeah. Every everyone doesn't feel good enough, or everyone values their self worth on something that's yeah. so. Yeah, whether it, whether it be how you look in a pair of jeans, yeah, or, uh, how your hair was cut that day, or yeah, or, but you know, just all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't think you need to like. It's hard. You'll only be ready to make that that change when yeah. when you when you're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and some people that might be a psychologist. A psychologist didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. But it might work for some people. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think being open and honest about it is the best thing you, you can possibly do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think, and like, you know, um, the fact that you've shared your story today is, is good because hopefully, you know, somebody else out there can hear this and, and, and relate and, 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 you know, um, open up and, and start talking about it as, a little bit more as well. So. Yeah. And I have no doubt that there's young, especially women, yeah. um, young girls that are in Dubbo because yeah. it's hard living in a small country town, there's not a lot of people. You genuinely know everyone, yeah. you know, that, that's in the town around your age and you are going to compare yourself. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much more to being the smallest girl in the room oh, or the smallest girl in the picture. Yeah, my you know, word. I your, think your size is, you know. It's irrelevant. Yeah. And, and, like, you know, I had a discussion with a young lady um, in, in, a, in a gym recently 
And she she's really enjoying her training. She's quite young and stuff like that. And she was actually getting a hard time at school because she goes to the gym. Isn't it crazy? Far out. Like, I mean, she was like, oh, you know, um, the girls kind of give me a hard time because they, they're like, oh, you're always in the gym and you think you're good and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, no, no, she just – she likes to go for her. Like, you Kids know, are so cruel. But, you know, it's – it's yeah, I mean, it's I just, I just don't understand sometimes. I think it's always the opposite reaction. So, you know, if they're telling you you're ugly, you're probably, you're probably pretty, you know. Yeah. Like that yeah. To them, you're probably pretty because yeah. they're actually jealous of you or something like that. It's yeah. just oh, – I just, I just don't understand. I just don't understand why people have to be so horrible to other people. Yeah, me either. You know? It's yeah. just, yeah. The sooner the world realises that, the better. But who knows if that will ever come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel for people that have kids now going through school yeah. because I know as a parent, yeah, if I'm lucky enough to be a parent one yeah, day, yeah. that'll be something that I'm like, I'll be checking in with my kids because Regularly. bullying is is oh, just it's not it's not it's not appropriate. Yeah, and, and I'm not perfect. I'm not sitting here no, saying I never bullied, but yeah. I'm just saying like it really. It, yeah, it's just it's not it's not called for. I think like you know, detrimental. Some, yeah, and sometimes we just don't know what's going on with those those kids that are doing the bullying. Sometimes they're bullying because they've got stuff going on themselves. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's just a never ending cycle. Yeah. So let's do fast five questions. Mm-hmm. So we started this last week with Jaren, so um, which is pretty cool. Um, it's just something a bit different, so we can uh, punch out some five quick ones and see what uh, your answers are. So ready? Yep. If you could be any animal. What would it be and why? I'd be a cheetah yeah. because they run fast. Oh, yes. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be a lion. I know that sounds cliche, but just because I like to sleep for 23 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> and then get up and run. Yeah. yeah. And maybe have someone else do the hunting for me. I yeah. don't know. Um, what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? I make my bed because I think oh. it sets a really good tone for the day. I've yep. already accomplished one thing, yep. even if it's small. Yep. And I think it, it really sets – Tone for the rest of the day makes yeah. me productive for the rest of the day. I agree. I think there's actually a book about that. Something you do is with like making your bed. Yeah, I'd read that book. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there is one. Um, my first thing is um, probably a little bit too much information. Is take my sleep apnea mask off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like Dark Vader. Oh, I love that. So, um, yeah, but obviously like – So does Bree sleep next to you with that mask on? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I mean it's quiet as a mouse. Thank and God. Look, it, it literally saved my, <laughs> saved my life because I was like – I was stopping breathing like during my sleep, like 60-second intervals. It affects more people than oh. you actually – it's not rare. Yeah, I know. It's mm. crazy. It, I was like, oh, I'm – you know, it was kind of – when I first knew I had it, I was like, this is a bit weird, but – I, don't, I sleep so much better. Yeah. I just think there's a market for maybe coming out with some cool masks, like a Bane mask or like a, you know. I mean, you're a bit of a businessman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think maybe, you're onto something. Maybe that could be all right. Like, <laughs> well, you, you can play dress-ups with your sleep apnea machine. So. <laughs> um, what, was the, what was the last movie that you watched? Okay, I can't actually remember the last movie I watched. I'm yep. not really a film person. Buff, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. but series, um, yep. Normal People on Stan. Oh, yeah. Is it Unreal. Good? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not it. for the – Men, but for women, get yeah, on that. It's, it's good. unreal. And um, designated survivor. Oh, oh, I'm obsessed. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, mine would have been oh, actually last night I was watching s- season six of Ray Donovan. I don't know if anyone knows that. That's on Stan oh. as well. He's like a fixer, so he like he's like the what the Hollywood guys get in to fix their dramas. You know, if they get in, get into trouble or you know, um, they need somebody to go in and. and Save them from being blackmailed or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. There's like six seasons on Stan or something. Yeah, so. interesting. Um, all right, if you had a time machine, would you go back in time or would you visit the future? I'd go back. Not yeah. to change anything, yeah. but I think to approach 
certain situations differently. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I'm going to go the other way. Oh. Yeah, I'd like to go into the future because I would like to see, especially having the kids as well, I'd like to see where that ends up. Oh. Um, you, know, you know, like and then may, maybe get the auto numbers as well. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, that's, if, that's a good one. Yeah. If, that, if that was possible. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite game when you were a child? How, how young is a child? How? Well, I guess it's probably like, I don't know. I guess it's... Your, like five? Yeah, or five or six or something. Probably like. Duck, Duck, Goose. Oh, really? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, right. Loved it. What about, what about, um, what about if, as you got older, anything else? Monopoly. Is that a game? Yeah, me too. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, stop it! Because I loved like property. I yeah. want to buy that house. Yeah, same. That's where <laughs> I, that's where I learned to hustle. <laughs> I was like, man, Monopoly. Um, actually, funny story. This just brings back memories. Um, it makes sense, really, if people that know me. But I used to sell rubber bands to kids at school for five cents when I You're was like, kidding. when I was in like kindergarten. That's when it all started. Yeah. Someone yeah. see someone needs to interview you. Yeah, I was like, and I was and, and and footy cards, and I'd get like all the other footy, the, like the extra footy cards that I'd have, and I'd be like, I'd sell them for like ten cents and stuff. Oh, that's so funny. And now I think about it, I'm like, you idiot, you've always been like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you know, in in a lot of ways, worked I guess, out well for you. In a lot of ways, I guess you just you just. Um, you just you just learn as you go, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Britt. That was absolutely sensational. Um, really appreciate you coming on and opening up. Um, you know, it's 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 something that you know, like um, it's something that the battles in the background a lot, and it's it's so nice to have someone come on and actually open up and talk about it in in the way you did too, because I mean. You you talked about the triggers and you talked about the things that set you back, but you also talked about the positives, and that's the most that's the best thing to come out of it. I mean, is like where you are now and where you're heading, um, and you're, like you said, no one's perfect and no mm. one ever will be. Yeah. Um, and you know you've got you've got a great job and stuff like that, but you know you still your happiness comes from you now. Mm. It doesn't come from an external yeah. external place or anything like that. And obviously the move over to to the UK really really like that threw you in the biggest deep end yeah um and look at you go now so yeah absolutely yeah. amazing so thank you so so much thank um, you for having me yeah no pleasure if you and if anyone wants to um have a chat to brit um your instagram what is it yeah britane britane that's not actually how you spell my name yeah you know? I just was went that for just, something funky is that just you being cool so yeah. it's b-r-i-t-t-n-a no b-r-i-t-t yeah a R N A Y. Okay, cool. So yeah. if you if, you know, like, if somebody wants to reach out to you, yeah, you know, they so can discreetly reach out. Of course, have yeah. a chat to you, um, or, or you know, if they if they if they want to talk about something they're going through right now in regards to what we spoke about today, then please do so. She's more than happy to, even though she's a busy lady. Um, if you, <laughs> you probably will see her running the river. Um, <laughs> so pull her up and tell her that you. Or walking. Listen to I've her had podcast. a sore ankle lately, oh. but yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, that's yeah. fantastic, and hopefully it won't be long before um, you know everything resumes and you can travel back and. Get into that career again. So, yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for tuning in to episode seven, um, which was an amazing episode with Brittany. And we're so so honoured to have her and so lucky to have her, actually, um, even though COVID um, is the only reason why she's here. We're still, still blessed to be able to get her on here live and, and have a chat. Um, so thanks to everyone tuning in. And, yeah, don't forget to um, have, uh, have a subscribe on our um, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hit the subscribe button or give us a rating or review. Just helps us out as we're moving forward. Um, um, hit us up on Instagram at the Mass Effect Podcast. Um, I've already got next week's guests lined up. I can't wait for this one. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, he's a bit nervous, but I'm really excited. So thanks, Brittany. And that's a wrap for the Mass Effect today.